I don't know. I'm just wondering what would that look like. Mm-hmm. And so, well, yeah, yeah, go well, ahead. No, you go. You finish. But Jesus I'm gonna let you us. finish. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish real quick. <laughs> But, he but Maya had one of the best points of the year. Uh, I mean, it is the end of the year. But... No, George did. No. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussion throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister. I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the Digital Resource Curator. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're really living, we're living into the tension of Advent and Christmas today because we actually are recording this podcast on December 23rd. So, Advent. On Advent 4, and uh, you're listening to it in Christmas on, uh, at least by... By Christmas, the first Sunday after Christmas. I feel so torn. You're it's at least five days into Christmas now. <laughs> we hope it's going well. Uh, I'm if the apocalypse, jealous. if the eschaton has not come already, Merry Christmas. You know, Merry Christmas. Oh, it feels like a weird flavor in my mouth to say that. Yes, um, we've been we've been holding off for so long, which actually gets us to our opening segment, where we have another uh, question to answer. Uh, this one was asked of me in real time. With, from mm. a live person, IRL. Yes, that was that was sitting in, in front of life. me. So this is not an email question, though. You can still do uh, that. You can still email us a question, a comment, or a story from your week of faith discussions uh, to faith to go at stpaulcathedral.org, and we will answer it on this weekly podcast where we discuss uh, the gospel coming up for this week and get you ready for all your faith discussions that you're going to have. But this question actually comes from another person named Hannah. That like, I know. No joke. <laughs> what? Yes. So the first two weeks of questions were from Hannah, and this is a separate Hannah, though also named Hannah. I think there are just a lot of people named Hannah. That I, just I know. approach you at this time of year specifically <laughs> to ask about Advent. I don't know. Uh. I don't know. Anyway, our listener question comes from Hannah, and she asked me. Um, she was asking me, we were talking about Advent and Christmas, a thing we've talked about a million times already, and I've been talking about for, this feels like, years and years, uh, so many conversations. But um, it was a good question, and just kind of like logistically, she was saying, if you really, if you celebrate Advent, because this was in the, in, the, in the context of like a conversation about like Advent and not decorating for Christmas yet, and the wreath and the calendar... Um, she said, if you, if you really celebrate Advent, don't you lose so much time celebrating Christmas, you know? And what about Mm -hmm. the people that really have all these traditions, these Christmas traditions that take place in those weeks leading up to Christmas? If you celebrated Advent, wouldn't you miss out on time celebrating the Christmas season, celebrating Christmas Day? Uh, and so that was the question posed to us. So does anybody want to take a first crack at this question? Um, a priest in the diocese posted on Facebook that this year she decided to do all of her Christmas shopping before Advent. Um, and, and what I loved about that was the intentionality of it. Like there are still going to be moments where she is pulled away from Advent into Christmas and into this secular world of Christmas that our society has. And, and that's okay. But like her intentionality to know that Presents are something that causes her stress, yet she she's a mom of three, and so she's going to set aside time to be intentional about that. And I think that that's kind of the goal. 
Like we're n- we're not gonna we're not gonna win and have all of Advent be Advent and all of Christmas be truly mm-hmm. Christmas. And that is that is like heaven coming down on earth. Like we got we got a long way to go before that ever happens. But um, that intentionality to to just try to take account of those things that cause you stress and cause you anxiety so that they don't distract you more during the Advent season. Right. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, you know, this, if you're listening to this, it is Christmas has already come Christmas day, day one of Christmas has happened. And, but you are still in the Christmas season, you know, as long as you're listening to this between December 25th and January 6th. It is the whole, it is a season of Christmas. There's 12 whole days of Christmas. With partridges and hens and like dance, five golden rings. Right. And I would say, so I would say that if you don't, if you don't celebrate Advent, you actually lose time celebrating Christmas because you only celebrate it for one day. Yeah. And then it's done. Like if you celebrate it on just on the 25th, you're only celebrating one twelfth of the Christmas season. And I understand that, like, people ha- want to have, like, Christmas parties and, oh, that is really good. You know, it's not like anything is bad. There's no, right. There aren't bad things We're to do. Like We're branches not like wrenches taking again, down Christmas lights. Yeah, like. there's no right and wrong way to do it. But the invitation is always, I think it's, we, might, we might say, well, we lose, like, the breadth of time of celebrating Christmas. You know, that is true. Mm. Like, if you're celebrating Christmas the whole month of December, to move to 12 days does cut your time celebrating it in half. You know, the breadth of it. But I think that we can trade in breadth for depth of the Christmas season, of like mm-hmm. celebrating Christmas after having celebrated this anticipatory time of Advent. Um, okay, so thank you for Hannah for asking me that question the other day. <laughs> and uh, if you have any questions, make sure to send them in to us. Uh, we also would love to hear about your faith discussions or any comments you have about what we say on the show. You can ask us any questions at all. It doesn't just have mm-hmm. to be things that we've talked about on here. And you can send those to faith to go at stpaulcathedral.org. That's faith to go. The letter's T-O and not the number two at S-T-P-A-U-L-C-A-T-H-E-D-R-A-L dot O-R-G. Um, but now we're going to move on to the gospel. So uh, like every week, the Faith to Go resources, which you can find at www.myfaithtogo.org, are based on the gospel reading for this Sunday, December 30th, which is Christmas 1 in year C. Uh, and so Jackie is going to read the gospel, and then we're going to each take some time to highlight a point from the gospel that we hope you take into your faith conversations this week. So the gospel for this Sunday is John 1, 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all the people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming to the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, gave power to become children of God, 
who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. Okay, so it's interesting that we, that we have this reading as the first reading of Christmas because we've spent this whole Advent season, you know, talking about like darkness and the coming of this of this something coming, something arriving. And we've been anticipating this birth of Jesus, of a Messiah, of, of a Savior. And this, it's interesting because this is John's version of that arrival. And so we have this whole prologue of John, which we all know really well. So this is the first kind of in, indication of John's theology of the Incarnation and of the Word becoming flesh. So the, the, the thing I want to highlight is verse 14. Uh, and the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory. So this is the verse that I wanted to highlight. And first, just kind of to talk about this idea of the logos. And it's this Greek, this this uh, kind of Greco-Roman um, thought of this like divine kind of, the logos is like this like cosmic divine thing that dwells like throughout creation, the thing from which everything was created. It's like the the word. It's like this big capital W word, not just a word, but kind of like the divine DNA. That's kind of, that's the thing that Richard Rohr says, the divine DNA. It's like this big, this like crazy philosophical idea. And the idea that, that that word would become flesh, like that would become a human and a particular human is kind of like a mind-blowing idea in and of right. itself. The entire a, like essence of right, the universe. To a Greek-thinking person. Yeah. You know? Um, with any kind of... with I was in touch with any like Greek philo- philosophical thought at the time. And so that's a, like a huge claim in and of itself. Um, but the thing I wanted to talk about is a couple of the other words. Um, and one of them is this preposition in. And in Greek... Um, prepositions can, just like a lot of words, can have a number of different translations. And so in this one it says, and the word became flesh and lived among us. Um, But this word, this preposition in, en, is the preposition in Greek. And it can be translated as among, but it can also be translated as on or as in. And in this case, it would be appropriate to translate it as in, I-N. And so it just is interesting to me to think, and the word became flesh and and lived in us. Mm-hmm. It's like a totally is like a mm. it's a subtle difference, but is has real significant implications to how we understand the incarnation and Jesus's work and God's work of salvation. Because if we say that the the word became flesh and dwelt among us, that means that the word is like became flesh as a person. So it's like a person walking around around us but still a separate person so that it's like Jesus is this separate, completely like totally separate and different entity than anyone else, any other person than us. 
But if the word became flesh and dwelt in us, then that means that this like divine DNA, this like what Jesus showed to be the spiritual journey of life, death, and resurrection, you know, of new life and this kind of like cyclical journey that he went on um, is in us, is dwelling in us, not just among us, not just that Jesus is there doing it, but that it's happening in us, that we are called to take part in it. And we've talked about in Advent this whole idea of like preparation, anticipation, expectation. And this is the thing that we've been anticipating, preparing for, expecting. And so it's this, we've been expecting something and what we find is that this thing has already been dwelling in us. And Jesus shows us in his life, in his journey, what is dwelling in us all the time. Mm -hmm. And so we're invited in this Christmas season to like, Try to try to in a, even a little bit in a little way wrap our heads around the cosmic implications of that that we are all taking part in the life of Jesus, not just that Jesus was a separate person outside of us that we can hope to be a friend of, but that this divine this divine cycle of suffering, life, death, and resurrection is happening within us all the time, and we are called to take part in that. So just like that subtle difference of that change of word of among to in mm-hmm. can like change our whole way of thinking about what we are called to do. You know, to follow Jesus isn't to say, okay, Jesus, you go do that thing for me, but to say, all right, I'm actually going to walk. Like you're going to take a step and I'm going to take a step and, and we're doing this together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's monumental difference. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So uh, mine is about the part where, um, John testifies, uh, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood or of will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And this notion that we have been waiting for this baby to appear in a manger and this baby that we all, you know, we all have connections to wonderful babies in our lives uh and us on this podcast obviously have george uh to remind us of all these baby things but that that jesus is not just a baby he is also this incredibly powerful figure that gives us the power to become children of god and like that ownership that we we are taking part in this is very powerful too so two parts to that A, we have this baby that is both the word made flesh and human that is dwelling among us, but also wholly divine. And I think that that's a really hard thing for us to work through because it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) But at the same time, we are embarking on this journey through Luke to watch Jesus grow up and watch Jesus assume his role and watch Jesus, like, also fight with that juxtaposition with people of his time. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is important in this season of Christmas, like, when we have this debate of how can you how can you have Advent and how can you have Christmas, and is there enough time for Christmas, and, like, that tension. And I, and I think that that tension exists when we view of Jesus as human or divine. And, and so that leads us to, he gave power to become children of God. 
And that notion that we, we are still called to believe, like it is still not enough that Jesus was born for us and that Jesus has been given to us, but we still have to have participation in that. And like David said of, he's going to take a step and we're going to take a step and we have to do that together and we have to follow his example that we have the power now through our belief and through how we choose to live our lives to be children of God. And we are children of God. So what are we going to do about that? Mm -hmm. And how are we going to live that out? And how are we going to honor that gift that we've been given, especially right now in this Christmas season? Yeah, as we read through Luke's gospel in this year, C of the lectionary, we're going to watch Jesus as we do in every gospel you know, try to explain who he is and what he's here to do and watch people wrestle with that and, and have trouble figuring it out. And even watch Jesus have trouble figuring it out as he learns and grows and struggles with his journey and his parents and his, you know, his family struggles with his journey, his closest friends struggle with his journey. And it's a struggle that we are dealing with too. Like we mm. can say that the word became flesh and dwelt in us, that we are all, Jesus reveals to us that we are also both human and divine. Mm -hmm. And we are always struggling with that juxtaposition in us too. And trying to figure out what it means to be both at the same time. You know, like that that idea of panentheism, that God is in all things, is that N in panentheism is that N that I I talked about in the, in, you know, the word became flesh and dwelt in us, dwelt in us, among us, in us. And so it's this idea that like, there is this you know, there's no, it's not a, like a logical, you can't reason it out. No. Like somehow this matter and spirit are intertwined and not intertwined as two different things, but the same thing there's and no, not the same. Right. And they're not one thing, but they're not two things. You know, it's like, it's this, it's this tension that we're living into and we can only experience really through our life and taking part in this journey just like the the disciples could only really understand it through just experiencing Jesus and following. So it's not something we're going to be able to explain or like totally grasp or understand, but there is something it is something that we take part in and that we can recognize in ourselves. So yeah. I would like to kind of I think that kind of goes into my point. So as David had mentioned in John's gospel in particular, we see a lot of uh, imagery in regards to darkness and light. And this is John chapter 1, you know, and it comes up a few times. And I wanted to particularly highlight, ha, but <laughs> uh, the verses where it says, um, in the middle of verse 3, it says, oh no, verse 4, it says, In him was life, and the light, life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. So um, as we're talking about, you know, God with, dwelling within all of us, um, I, I think it's important to reflect, especially after the Christmas season, um, especially if you uh, celebrate it in a way that I think, in a secular way, that I've experienced it. And it's kind of a letdown. It's kind of like a, all this buildup, and then you, the dust settles or the glitter settles, and you just look around, and the world just seems very dark. Um, everything just seems really... It's no longer whitewashed and, like, peppermint and candy. It's just so... It's like you take off those rose-colored lenses that you may or may not have had during that holiday season. And I don't know, for me, Chris, like January is such a hard month because it's acclimating to a non-holiday season and it's just rough. 
And I think of, on an individual level, how quick as humans we are with our identity to kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. If we do bad things, we assume we're bad people. Um, And I just think if we tie that to maybe like our identity, like of darkness and light, I think people are really quick to paint the world as a really dark and sad and depraved place because dark, sad, and depraved things happen here and that dark, sad, and depraved people do that to each other. But I don't think that's true. I think the world is... um, is a place, and I think we're people, I believe we're light, but I believe the things that we do and the actions often kind of block that light, but with light, it's really important for me on, like, light is very significant in my own spiritual life for a multitude of reasons, like, darkness is in and itself a thing, it's just the lack of a thing, and that thing being light, and so when you shine light it's it like blasts away darkness because the darkness never really existed to begin with so when we assume the identity of we're dark we're bad the world is dark the world is bad and sad and hard it's like i mean it is hard but it's like you know what i mean like depraved it's you're putting on an identity that isn't entirely true um and the darkness still exists right but and, I, and I'm not going to demonize darkness and say that you can never feel darkness and never want to live in that, and that's fine. But it's just saying, like, that isn't the whole truth. Yeah, and, and I think to that point that, you know, like, in those times when we, are, when we feel that we are living into the, to the darkness and we're, and we're sitting with that, um, like, we can also, we can, we can be the light for other people. Mm-hmm. And that brings light into our lives. And so in this, in this time and in this news cycle where we feel like there's a lot of bad stuff happening in the world, like how do we bring light to other people? Right. And how do we embody that? And how do we live into that? And how do we show people the light that is within us so that we can cast out that darkness? I also think that I think it is an important point to make that we're not. I, th- I don't think it's productive to to demonize darkness no, not at all. and to think that like, yeah. the whole point is to get less like get rid of all the darkness. Right. Don't because feel there's that. a lot of things that need darkness, you know? Things grow underground and need darkness underground. Right. Or too much light. You know? There's that's a thing. And there's an I think there's just an interplay between light and dark that is important to hold gently and not think that that there's like a light supremacy. Uh, over darkness because because they play off one another they need one another Mm -hmm. to exist Mm -hmm. and we need both in our lives and to and to recognize like in advent we talk so much about darkness and it was recognizing the goodness of darkness like the importance of darkness in our lives in that like in the womb or underground when things are growing or things like that and light is such a the other thing i would say in thinking about that kind of non-dual way of thinking is like the other cool thing about physics is that light is itself non-dual because a photon of light acts both as a wave and as a particle mm-hmm. at the same time. Which is like, what? You know? It's crazy. And so we have this, like, the idea that Jesus, that John is using light to talk about Jesus, who is also going to be talked about as both human and divine. As everything. And a light, and light is both a wave and a particle at the same time, two things that should not be able to coexist. But, like, in our own physical universe, there are things that are both and, you know, and we are also. 
and they are they're observably both one thing and another thing and so and so darkness and light can both they are neither good nor bad they just are what they right. are and have their own unique place it's kind of i think Brene brown has a really good quote that sums it up it's numb the dark and you numb the light the dark mm-hmm. is needed to show that there is light because mm-hmm. without i mean then everything would be light all the time which is like sounds cool in theory but i need to sleep right that's a good that's a well, really and- good <laughs> illustration of it yeah <laughs> Oh, and like it relates to plants. You know, I love talking about my plants, but my, my jalapeno plant does need 15 hours of sunlight a day, but then it all, it also needs to be dark. It needs time to rest. It needs time to process the light that it's had during the day. And, and that's just as important of a process in its growing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have three points now. Um, the first point was mine, and it was about that preposition in, and talking about the logos and the word dwelling in us, and what that can mean for our spiritual lives and journeys. The second was from Jackie about, you know, that lifelong interplay and tension of being human and divine, of being children of God, and always becoming more that. Um, the third one was from Maya. And it was about that the interplay of light and dark and the importance of both for our spiritual journeys. So Jackie is going to read the gospel one more time and having heard those points, see if you hear anything new or different this time through. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was sent before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. All right, that is our episode for this week, uh, December 30th. Uh, Christmas 1, Year C. We hope you're having a merry and joyful and blessed Christmas season. We will be back next week uh, on Epiphany, which is January 6th. Uh, Make sure to send us your questions, comments, um, stories from this week to faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org. Check out the faith2go website with all of the resources and other blog posts uh, at www.myfaith2go.org. Rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. And check us out on Instagram at Faith2Go. Thanks, everybody, again for listening. And until next week, we say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye.